we had a wonderful weekend last weekend, didn't we, with Pastor Reg. And uh, so I had a, a message yesterday. During the week, I posted off handkerchiefs that, that had been prayed over all over the world. South Africa, Europe, America, Canada, Finland. Uh, we posted handkerchiefs. And then during the week, we've been praying for a, a man by the name of John McLachlan. That <laughs> Abe, <laughs> Abe teases me about my Afrikaans accent. And so um, yesterday, we got a message to say that his breathing was down to 30%. They'd called the family in. And this 97-year-old mum had phoned to say, goodbye, son, I'll see you on the other side. But just then, the handkerchief arrived in the post for John. So Penny, who's online every week almost, she rushed it to the hospital and they put it on his pillow. I want to tell you, church, he did not die last night. He's still alive. And the family agreed together for new lungs and for all infection to go. And can we agree, stay in agreement with them today? Father, I thank you for, for John. I thank you, Lord, that we have prayed for him. In the mighty name of Jesus, we say, John, now you get stronger and stronger and stronger for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you have any loved ones at home that are not well, would you just raise your hands? We're going to pray for them. We pray for Pastor Catherine today, Lord, as she has the flu, and I rebuke that illness. And all of these who have loved ones at home who are not well, Father, would you look at them and take their names down, and would you visit them and heal them, everyone? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the mighty name of Jesus. I have another amazing report from the Turkish earthquake. This came uh, via Angus Buchan. Someone, some of you know Uncle Angus. A five-year-old child that was trapped under the wreckage of the Turkish earthquake. He was trapped for 112 hours. That's, that's just eight hours short of five days. And a, journal, a journalist asked this young child, didn't you feel hungry? And this is what the child replied word for word exactly. Every once in a while, someone dressed in white. Makes you want to cry, doesn't it? Every once in a while, someone dressed in white would come and give me water and feed me. And feed me. Jesus is alive. And he's still feeding the hungry. He's still feeding the hungry. Hallelujah. There's nothing impossible with our God. That is so miraculous. Wow. Thank you, Jesus.
Look at somebody and say, my Jesus is alive. My Jesus is alive. I think he's worth another hand clip. Oh! I believe in a few years' time we'll hear from that young, young person. I don't know if it was a male or a female, but wow. That's so amazing. In 1 John 4, verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So who is them? You have overcome them. Does that mean I've overcome you, or I've overcome you, or I've overcome... No. In the Amplified, it gives us the answer. Little children... You are of God, you belong to him, and you have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of Antichrist. Because he who lives in you is greater than he who is in the world. The agents of Antichrist, they come and they lie to you. They come and try to make you into a failure. They come and try to spoil your future. What is an agent of Antichrist? It's a, it's a demon. And greater, church, greater is he, who's that he? The Holy Spirit. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than any agent of the Antichrist. I have given you power, Jesus said, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. The greater one lives in you. Say the greater one. He lives in me. I want to talk to you today about the Lord Jesus who lives in you. Jesus lives in in you. And I want to tell you that when you find a Goliath in your life, an agent of Antichrist, a, something that is coming against you and your future, we have to be like young David. He was only a teenager, I believe. But you know, when he faced that giant called Goliath, he said, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and, and, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And this day he said to the giant, I'm going to cut off your head and feed your body to the birds. And all the world, the earth says, all the world, all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. I want to say, rise up, army of God. Rise up, army of God. Let's slay our giants. Let's declare to the world that God Almighty lives inside of me. He lives inside of you. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians, 13, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3. The Apostle Paul is writing to us and proving to us that Jesus rose from the dead. And so it says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died 
for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. You see, they, what they did was they sent a rumor out, the agents of Antichrist. And they, they even paid the soldiers at that time to, to send a rumor out that the disciples had come and they'd stolen the body of Jesus. And that's why the tomb was empty. But have a look at this. Paul writes and he says, he was seen by Peter and then the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have died. And then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. It is marked in history that Jesus was seen on earth after his death. Jesus, my, my friends, is alive. My Jesus is alive. Look at somebody and say, my Jesus is alive. My Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. And he's still feeding the hungry. Oh, glory to God. I came across this, uh, this story and, you know, I just felt for some reason that you would want to hear it today. A young monk came one day and he went to his father superior and asked, Father, what is it to be dead to self? You know, when we're at the, on the verge of a, a, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God coming, revival, and, and all that God is about to do, we hear this teaching on you have to die to self. We've, we've been teaching that for the last couple of weeks. You know, we need to die to self. So this young monk says, what is it to be dead to self? So the father superior, he replied, I cannot explain it now, but I have a duty for you to perform. Brother Martin died last week and he's buried in the churchyard. Go to his grave, stand close beside it, repeat in a loud voice all the good things you ever heard of him. After this, say all the flattering things you can invent and attribute to him every saintly grace and virtue without regard to the truth and report the results to me. The young monk went to do his bidding, wondering what all this could mean. Soon he returned and the father asked him, what had transpired? Why, nothing, replied the young man. I did as you told me, that was all. Did brother Martin make no reply, asked the superior. Of course he did not, for he was dead, said the monk. The elder shook his head thoughtfully, saying, that is very strange. Now go tomorrow at the same hour and repeat at the graveside all the evil you ever heard concerning Brother Martin. Add to that the worst slander your mind can imagine and report the result to me. Again, the young man obeyed and brought back the same report. He had heaped unlimited abuse on the head of Ma Brother Martin and yet had received no reply. 
From Brother Martin you may learn, said the father, what it is to be dead to self. Neither flattery nor abuse has moved him, for he is dead. I can hear giggling in the spirit. You, you, some of you are just giggling inside of you. Uh, so the disciple who is dead to self will be insensible to these things, hearing neither voice of praise nor retaliation, but all personal feeling will be lost in the service of Christ. We are not moved by compliments or complaints. It's less of me, Lord, and more of you. Hallelujah. More of you, Lord. You see, as, as, as revival comes, I loved what I saw here in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. But as the believers rapidly multiply, I'm expecting every church to rapidly multiply. I'm expecting Acts Church and every other church in Bradford to rapidly multiply. Hallelujah. But when we rapidly multiply, then other things begin to happen as well. And there were rumblings of discontent. Now, I'm not talking about Acts Church. Hallelujah. We just love one another, don't we? We just honor one another. And we're all happy here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But in this, act, in this book of Acts church, the book of Acts in this church, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the, the twelve called a meeting of all the believers... And they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit of wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus and all the others that are mentioned there. You know, they had to be full of the Holy Spirit to serve tea and coffee. Full of the Holy Spirit to do duty at the door. Full of the Holy Spirit to look after the babies in the creche, to teach the Sunday school. Full of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's, let's make sure, church, whatever we do, we are full of the Holy Spirit. So Stephen was a man who was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of God's grace and power. He performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. And so in Acts chapter 8, let me just say this. G G uh, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, performed great signs and wonders. That's a challenge for all of us. Let's go and do it, church. Let's go and do it. Now, I know some of you are. I mean, they just, they just come into a certain shop that I know, and if they have the smallest limp, they let me pray for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. On the street, let me pray for you. Hallelujah. So, in the book of Acts, 
They always wanted to know, are you full of the Holy Spirit? Acts chapter 8, 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they came down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them, and they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and they laid hands on them, and re they received the Holy Spirit. They sent the apostles to them to find out if they had received the Holy Spirit. Imagine if everyone that came into this church, the first question we asked you was, had you received the Holy Spirit? It's an important question. Acts 9.17, and Ananias went his way and entered the house. Now, this is about um, the man called Saul who became the apostle Paul. He's fallen off his horse. He saw Jesus in a great light. He became blind. And, and this uh, disciple, the scripture calls him, the Lord showed him in a vision to go and pray. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what the Lord wants for all of our lives, to be full of the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Spirit when you believed? Can I ask you that question today? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If you're not, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit today. A family came all the way from the south of England. And when we said to them, why did you come? They said, we heard that if we come to this church, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And so they said, into John's baptism. And, the, and then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Wow. Hallelujah. In the early church, they wanted to know, have you received the Holy Spirit? Because without the Holy Spirit, we are powerless. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not any power that we have. It's the mighty name of Jesus. That is where the power is. In his name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing in any of us. But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can laugh at impossibilities and shout, it is done. 
You can imagine where I got that from. Grandpa Wigglesworth, no doubt. Laugh at impossibilities and shout, it is done. Shout when the walls are up, and as you're shouting, your walls will come down. That's what happened at Jericho. Amen. Hallelujah. When a child of God is filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. They were not able to resist the wisdom of, that, that Stephen spoke because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we will have a supernatural wisdom. We will have supernatural solutions to difficult problems. And, and we will be able to, to have witty inventions in our day. And may God give witty inventions to people here. We call Bradford not broken, but we call Bradford beautiful. We call Bradford blessed, and we call Bradford a business center. Hallelujah. Bradford is getting a whole new look in the, in the eyes of the UK, in Jesus' name. So Stephen was just an ordinary man with an ordinary God, just like you. You are an ordinary person with a, sorry, an extraordinary God. We have an extraordinary God. The greater one lives in me. Hallelujah. Don't ever forget that. The next problem that you face, say to yourself, the greater one lives in me and I will laugh at impossibilities. I will laugh until this wall comes down in Jesus' name. You know, we, we read in the Bible that um, Stephen looked and he saw Jesus standing when they were stoning him to death. We know that, that Jesus went to heaven and the Bible tells us he was seated at the right hand of the Father. But when, when, when something was going on with Stephen, Jesus stood up and he was looking to see what was happening. And in a vision, Stephen saw Jesus standing. I pray today that you will see the Lord Jesus standing up for you. He's standing up for you. And he sees everything. There's nothing that he cannot see. He sees your asthma. He sees your rheumatism. He sees your backache. He sees your sore toe. He sees everything that toothache, everything you have. There's nothing hidden from his eyes, nothing. He sees every addiction. He sees every, every sickness that we have. And he wants to heal you this morning. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And so I just want to read to you some scriptures that will build our faith so that we can have healing take place this morning. Matthew 4:24 when his fame went throughout all then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted and various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed epileptics and paralytics and he healed them 
The prophecy of Smith Wigglesworth for the end times, the greatest revival this world has ever seen, is that God will pour out upon the church the gifts of the Spirit. How many would like the gifts of the Spirit? They are gifts. They are gifts. We don't work for them. We don't deserve them. We don't earn them. Gifts of the Spirit as the Spirit wills. As the Spirit wills. But when we make ourselves willing and, and available, he said the gifts of the Spirit will be poured out. And he said that ambulances will empty out hospitals and bring the sick into the church and they will be healed. Hallelujah. Can we begin to have faith for such things to begin to happen in our midst? Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew twelve fifteen, And great multitudes followed him. And he healed them all. All. Everybody say all. all. He healed them all. That includes you today. Luke 4.40, when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. He healed them. Every one of them. Luke 6, 17, and he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people came from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and he healed their diseases. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all, the scripture says. Healed them all. In Matthew 10, 8, Jesus is talking to his 12 disciples and he says, Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage all of us to start praying for the sick more wherever we are. And just knowing the greater one lives in you. And it's nothing to do with you. It's the mighty name of Jesus. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can we do that, church? Can we move to another level? You know, I pray that every week, do I not? Lord, take us to another degree of glory. God is dealing with our lives because the glory of the Lord desires to fill this place. But sometimes I, I see it like this, like if I had to go to a room where there was a lot of drunkenness, a lot of drugs, a lot of swearing, a, a lot of bad things going on, I would stand at the door and then I would not go in. And I'm saying, Jesus, May our lives be so that if you came to the door, you would want to come in. I remember reading one uh, preacher and um, for some reason they, they threw him out the church. I think they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit teaching and they threw him out the church and he was standing outside and he was weeping. And he said, suddenly Jesus appeared to him. And they said, he said, Lord, they've kicked me out the church. And Jesus said, well, I've never been allowed in there. Whew. 
I'm saying, Lord, let my life be. But if you had to look into my room, you would want to come. Amen. Let my life be like that. So in Galatians 3.13, actually, let's start with Deuteronomy 28.61. A wonderful chapter of all the blessings on the church. But then it goes into the curses as well. And in Deuteronomy 28.61, it says, Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord bring or permit upon you until you are destroyed. Wow. There's many sicknesses mentioned under the law in this chapter. Every sickness, every plague, and even what's not mentioned. It's all there under the law. But I have good news for you, church. We are no longer under the law. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed. He has purchased. He has paid with his blood for my freedom from the law. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Hallelujah. Having been made a curse for me, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. He took, he took my sin. He took my sickness. He took every curse that would try to come against me. He took every curse upon your life, every sin, every sickness. It was put on the cross, church. It was put on him. And he paid in full. For our redemption, for sin, healing, deliverance, everything was paid for. Hallelujah. Even your sorrows, even your disappointments, paid for in full on the cross. And then it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Hallelujah. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. How do I receive my deliverance from the curse of the law? I receive it by faith. I say, thank you, Jesus. It is done. It's mine and I receive it. And no longer will I be under a curse for all the sins I've done and all the things I haven't done and all the difficulties and sorrows that I've had in my life. I'm free from the curse. I say now, the blessing of Abraham is mine in Jesus' name. Now this uh, Deuteronomy 28 is a life, a life verse for me because when we first came into ministry, we, I was walking down the passage one day, and suddenly the whole passage was filled with a voice speaking to me and repeating the same words. And the problem was that my heart was filled with anxiety over financial issues. I think it was school fees. We were just new in the ministry, and we had school fees coming up, and I was wondering, you know, will, will, will the God that my dad served... You know, I saw my dad saw just miracle after miracle with, with finances. Will he come through for us as well? And, um, and I'm walking down the passage and I've got this, this, this heaviness on me concerning finances. 
And suddenly I hear the passage filled with a voice, and it says, Serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. I remember thinking, that sounds like a scripture, but I just can't place it. And I sat down on the end of my bed, and I said, but Lord, I don't have abundance. That's a lovely ring. <laughs> you know, I didn't hear a word from him. I'll tell you something, when God goes silent, it's because he's spoken. When God goes silent, it's because he's spoken. Serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. But Lord, I don't have abundance. Silence. So I had to look it up. And I got a concordance. And I found that scripture amongst the curses. Because it said, if you do not serve the Lord your God, with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Then you will serve your enemies. In sickness, in poverty, you will be in want of all things. Woo! But you see what the Lord showed me right there was when there's a curse like that on a scripture and we take it out of the Old Testament into the New Testament, we take it through the cross, we take it through the blood of Jesus, the curse has gone. And now it says, serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. And when I looked at when it was said, they were in the wilderness. They were eating the same bread every day and wearing the same clothes every day. Their existence was miraculous with, with the cloud for the sun and the, and, and, and the fire at night to keep them warm. But they had a promise, and the promise was, you're going to enter the promised land. I'm taking you into the promised land where there is great abundance. In fact, when they went and checked it out, the, the grapes were so big, a bunch of grapes were so big that two men had to carry the bunch of grapes. And what the Lord is saying to us, church, is that we have the promise Healing is mine. Abundance is mine. I'm not saying you're all going to be a millionaire. I'm going to say my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's abundance. Every need supplied is abundance. And we, we don't... Uh, we don't uh, put ourselves under a poverty spirit because we're, we're not under the law anymore. Can we get this? So, so whatever illness you have or difficulty you have or, or, or need you have, you can say according to Deuteronomy 28, this difficulty that I have, let's call it cancer, it's under the law. But hallelujah, I'm not in Deuteronomy 28. I'm in Galatians 
and cancer, you are no longer allowed to be with me because you do not. You, you stay under the law. I am redeemed from the law. I am set free from the law. And therefore, every illness, every disease, all poverty must leave me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Church, we're going to live in the promises of God. And could we, could we just make an arrangement between us that, you know, if I come and I say, oh, I'm feeling so weak today, please pray for me. I say, let the weak say I am strong. And you are so dead that you don't get offended by me. Amen. Let's help one another because, you see, sometimes we do feel like that. Oh, I'm so exhausted. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit will, will strengthen you in the inner man. Oh, she's so religious. No, you die and we'll be fine. <laughs> and if you shout at me, I'll die and then we'll all be fine. Die to self, I'm saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, we're moving to a new level. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying here this morning? The Holy Spirit is taking us to another level. And it's a level of joy and gladness. It's a, a level of living in the promises of God. It's a level where forgiveness isn't even needed because it's already done. I forgave you yesterday before you forgave me today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, every eye closed and every head bowed. If you are here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Then, please would you raise your hand on the count of three. I want to lead you to Jesus. If you have not received Jesus and you want to receive Jesus today, this is your day today. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody want to raise their hand? You want to receive Jesus today, or you want to rededicate your life today? This is your opportunity to receive Jesus. Everybody happy that they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to ask Matthew to come to the piano, please. Um, Matthew, you here? Thank you. And um, if you want to be, be baptized in the Holy Spirit or you want a refreshing uh, from the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. We sang that song today, come to the altar. And if, if you need prayer for healing, I'm going to also invite you to come to the altar. But right now, I am going to pray for every, anybody here under the sound of my voice that is sick. You can receive healing right there in your seat. Amen. So, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. You know, let me tell you this, church. This morning, 
I checked my weather app. And it said this, in 33 minutes, there will be drizzle. And it will, la it will last for 11 minutes. And then it will be cloudy. And I said to Abe, if a weatherman can be so precise, how much more my God will be precise with my life. Hallelujah. He knows exactly what's going on in your body. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. We can't hide anything from him. He knows. He knows. 1124, I'm going to heal them in Acts Church. Hallelujah. So if you need healing, you can raise your hands. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. And you see every hand that is raised here today. In Jesus' name, receive your healing. In Jesus' name, I say to you, be healed and be whole. Those of you that are exhausted, be strengthened in Jesus' name. Those of you that are just feeling weak and tired, be strengthened. Let the weak say, I am strong. Walk out of this door today saying, I am strong. I am healed. I am well. I thank you, Lord, that you touch everyone today under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord. You touch them. You touch them. For those that need provision, in Jesus' name, begin to rejoice in the promise of provision for your life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Have you got a song for us? So can we stand, church? We're going to sing. And if you want to have hands laid on you, um, I'm going to ask the prayer pastors to come forward and those that pray. And, um, and we're going to pray for you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Regrets and 